God is good, he's perfect, and he's holy. Apart from him, we cannot be good enough in our own strength. We need the power of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us. Christine Kane, Stephanie Ike, Bianca Oldhoff, and Onika McClellan are joining us today. Come on, let's talk about it. You know, Mama Joyce, of course, we all love Mama Joyce. She's all of our spiritual mother that is watching this. I remember when I was uh, young in ministry um, and I met her and, you know, she, uh, if anyone tells it, how it is, it's Mama Jay. <laughs> and um, she, I remember right up front, she used to say to me, Chris, just go out and do some good. Just go out and do some good for some people. She mm -hmm. goes, the Bible, one of her life uh, scriptures out of the book of Acts, when they talk about the, Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good. Now, when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, of course, goodness um, is one of those fruits. And I love it because goodness, it's not only about moral virtue, although that's really, really important. Um, you know, there's good behavior and bad behavior. If you have children, uh, you constantly are telling your children what is good and what is not. So I know we live in a cray-cray world. Our world thinks you can just determine what is good. But let me just tell you, uh, God's word is what tells us what is good. And thank God we've got the word of, the God, of God because our world has lost its mind. And the Bible says in the last days, uh, people will be calling good evil and evil good. And that is exactly what is happening in our world. People do not know which way is up. Um, and if my children try to tell me something's good that the Bible says is not good, guess who wins in our house? It's called the word of God. But anyway, um, so there's there's that moral virtue. And we'll be talking about both of these things uh, just throughout the course of the day. Um, what's good and what's not. And so we need in, in 2021 and going into the whole 21st century, um, good and evil are so being redefined that again, here we go. You would have thought that the Lord wrote the fruit of the spirit for this time because it's like, wow, maybe Christians who are living good are going to be able to share with the world what actually is good based on the word of God. But it's also connected with good works. And I think the one thing our world all agrees on that there are works that are good and works that are bad. When the scripture talks in, uh, in about the spiritual gifting of good, I'm not, uh, I'm saying on a macro level, we've got to be about doing good works in the world. That means in our sphere of influence, of course, Nick and I are involved with A21. So we're talking about doing the good of abolishing slavery everywhere forever. That's a huge good work. But then in our local communities, being involved in different outreaches in our churches, being involved, uh, especially I know last year in, during COVID, so many churches were giving um, away so much food, uh, helping people in ways that they they could be helped every week in communities, in local churches. People are doing good works. It is important for Christians as we exhibit the fruit of the Spirit to be involved in good work in our communities, in the world around us, and also to be involved in good behavior, which is moral, upright um, behavior. So two things we're going to talk about. Um, B, where do we go? Because th this word in this context refers to both things, personal integrity and goodness and right. doing good works in a lost and a broken world. And I love that Paul, who wrote uh, and encouraged us with the fruit of the Spirit, also wrote to the Galatians and said, do not weary in doing good. Well, what does that indicate? It's, it's going to at times feel exhausting. So Chris, as you were listening, uh, listing out what you did at A21 and also like local church initiatives or what we're doing in our communities, you can be weary. Your soul could be 
tired. And maybe you might be watching this and you're in a season, uh, whether you are watching this online or on television or someone sent you a link and you just feel tired. You feel like, Lord, I have been doing good and I'm not seeing the fruit. Well, Paul speaks to that. He says, don't grow weary in doing good for in due season. In due season, you will reap a harvest. So Paul is really using a lot of agricultural terms that maybe if you are in urban or suburban environments, it's not something that we understand fundamentally. But he knows that there is a process to inherit that fruit. And so he says, hey, uh, Paul also, when he wrote to Timothy, his son in the faith, he gave him these three different examples. Hey, press in like an athlete. Go hard like an athlete. Hey, don't give up like a soldier. And my favorite one in regards to the conversation at hand is like a, a, a farmer, you will reap a harvest in due season. And so we're gonna have moments where we just really feel exhausted. And I want us to kind of pause. I want us to recognize that feeling, acknowledge a feeling, and then darn it, get back up and keep on doing good. Do not grow weary in doing good for in due season we'll reap a harvest. And I'm, I'm taking that word for as a church planner in Orange County, California, I'm taking that word as a wife. I'm taking that word as a stepmom. I'm taking that, wor my, that word as a, 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 a teacher and a leader. I'm not gonna grow weary in doing good. And when we do that, we're also exhibiting this, this sense of endurance that Paul's writing to the Galatians and having them not forget. Onika, what does this mean to you, this goodness mean to you? Yes, I um, just as I'm hearing both of y'all talk, it's making me think about the difference between our own good, you know, checking the box of like, I'm good, my kids are good, my family's good, but versus the greater good. And I think sometimes when we're just good, but we're not concerned about the greater good, then we're doing our communities and our world a disservice. And it's easy when we have, you know, two two refrigerators with everything stocked and we have all the things that, um, you know, we need in this season, but to forget about our neighbors who might not have what they need. And so sometimes we think, well, we're doing good because we're watching church online or we're going to church in person and we're checking all of our boxes, but to not forget about our brothers and sisters who might not be doing good and feeling good, even though everyone around us seems good. Sometimes you can just look down your neighborhood street and think, oh yeah, our world is good. Everybody's doing good. But to ask God to give ourselves eyes to see those that aren't doing good. And even when we grow weary in doing well, I think we're energized when we're making sure and ensuring that other people are doing well. Yeah, that's really good. Because I think even especially in the year that we are in, you know, um, the pandemic has hit everyone very differently. Now in my life, it ha I haven't, I, sometimes I feel like I haven't um, felt the impact of it because you know, I'm seeing the faithfulness of God in certain areas. And sometimes you easily, just like you mentioned, Onika, you easily forget that just because in this area of your life, God is being faithful. It doesn't mean that this is the world's experience. And I remember there was a moment where I was seeking the Lord and I said, Lord, what, what is even, you know, just to even understand, like, why, why am I not feeling the impact of this? And then the Lord began to just teach me something that, you know, there is a time and a season for everything under the sun, like the Bible tells us. Everyone would always go through a wilderness process. Now, your wilderness season may have not been this year. It was the years prior. Now, this may be a collective wilderness period for others. But at the end of the day is having this heart that says, Lord, give me this heart of empathy. Let me understand what my neighbor is going through. Because again, you know, even when it comes to a lot of people dealing with loneliness, I'm like an extroverted introvert. So when I see people, it's amazing. But when I'm at home, I really love being at home, you know, but then there are people who are, that is not their norm. They need to be around the community. And so in this season, I found myself even praying 
praying more, Lord, give me your heart concerning the nation, not what is happening to me as an individual, but what is happening to the nations so that I can pour out myself and be, you know, be my brother's keeper, be my sister's keeper, understand what my neighbor is going through that I can reveal the goodness of God. Because at the end of the day, when God wants to answer a person's prayer, he uses people. And so my, my, my prayers are, Lord, let me be the posture. Let me be a person that you can show yourself mighty through for your goodness on the earth. It's so good. You know, the goodness of God uh, reflects the character of God. And so the goodness in us wants to see the goodness for another person. I wrote this down last night, the supernatural urge in a person to reach beyond himself to meet the natural needs of those around him. And that's showing forth the goodness of God is when we go past ourselves, we get past that selfishness. And this has been a good year for that. And I think a lot of people uh, in 2020 ha have reached beyond themselves to show good. And in 2021, I think we're going to see uh, a harvest of that in our own life, Chris, because that is a fruit of the spirit that that we just don't want the good all for ourselves, but we want to see other people blessed. We want to reach out. We want to um, see the goodness of others. And well, uh, you're hundred percent right. You know, in fact, um, when you talked about it being part of the character of God, Psalm 119 says, um, you know, you are good and you do good. And you and I want to be Christ followers. So we want to, uh, it, the two things go together. You are good you do good. The doing flows from the being. And so in our own selves, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to say, okay, show me what is good and what is evil, because I can't go to the world to find out anymore what really is good and what is evil. Because in the world, the world's calling evil good <laughs> and it's calling good evil. So I need to go to the scripture and go, okay, God, what do you say? What patterns of behavior, what lifestyle habits um, to do with every area of my life? What is good? and what is not. And so I want to be good because God is good and I want to be like God. And then I want to do good. And I think that, that wraps right into the great commandment where we're told, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and strength and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And that's what I love what you just read out, Laurie, because um, we should want to love your neighbor as you love yourself. It doesn't say love your neighbor instead of yourself. So you've got to love yourself, your right. family, in terms of like... Um, because you will only love others to the degree that you love you. But what it means is that what you want for you, love your neighbor as yourself. So what do I want for me? Um, what do I want for my family? What do I want for, you know, my sphere of influence? Well, then I should want that for everybody. So do I want and do I want my family to have food? Yes. I should want everybody to have food. Do I want everybody? To, do I want to have water? Yes. I should want everyone to have that. Do I want housing? Yes. I should want my neighbor to have that. Do I want education? Do I want protection? Do I want medical care? So what we're saying is um, doing good is going with what I've been given. I know it's not all for me. The Bible says, you know, some is seed to sow and some is bread for food. The problem is when Christians um, eat the seed rather than understand this is my bread and then this is seed. And I'm talking about every sphere of life. You do good with your time. You do good with your talent. You do good with your treasure. That's what we have to give back to God. And so we're saying we're not living like the world. The world is it's all about me. I want more. I want to accumulate more. I want to acquire more. I want to amass more. I want to make it all about me. I'm saying, no, 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 no. 
I want to fulfill the great commandment and I want to, like God, I want to be good and I want to do good and I want my neighbor to be blessed just like I'm blessed. So I'm going to know what is bread for food, what is seed to sow, and I'm going to take personal responsibility in my sphere of influence to do good. So with Nick and I, that has meant having the privilege and opportunity um, to be able to run a global anti-trafficking organization in 22 cities at this point around the world. But you know, that all sounds amazing. Amazing. But before I ever did that, because um, that's, you know, that's only the last 15 years, in my own local backyard, whether it was like at the time when I had no money, I would just go to church and sign up and serve for whatever needed to happen, man. I didn't have anything to give like that. I didn't start, but I would go and I would give my time and I'd go, man, I can sweep floors. I can pick up. So we can all do something is what I'm saying. Cause most people think I can't really do good until I had more. Chris, it's okay for you, man. If I just had more and right now I lost my job during COVID, I don't even have enough. And another Mama Joy, his, this is for free, everyone. Mama Joyce Gold, she said, listen, best way to get yourself off your mind is to go do some right. good for somebody else. Yeah. I, I think it's wisdom. I absolutely think it's wisdom and it's applicable wisdom, which is beautiful. James, in James 1, it talks about for us not to simply be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And in this entire week, Monday through Thursday, we've been speaking about the fruit of the spirit. Now, my fear is we're going to watch this program. And then we're going to turn turn off the television. We're going to walk away and forget what we just learned. And so this is my encouragement. I want us, uh, James, after he says, don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. He says that the person who reads the word and walks away and does not do anything with it is like the man who looks at himself in the mirror, walks away and forget what he looks like. I want us to be men and women of the word where we hear this do good and we take these principles, whether it's our speech, whether it's our action, whether it's our time, whether it's our resource or our finances. So everyone who is watching right now, whatever time zone, whatever country, whatever continent, whatever city, whatever community, this is what I want us to do. I want us to be doers of the word. Like Chris said, you don't need to be a million to make a big impact. What does it look like to stand outside and hold the door open for someone? What does it look like to buy a cup of coffee for the homeless man outside? What does it look like to make a meal for your neighbor or to financially bless a single mom in this season? I want us to be doers of the word of God. And y'all, we've been sitting here talking about the fruit of the spirit. I think it's high time we are harvesting some fruit and start sharing with our neighbors. So I got some love, but I also got a lot of challenges. Maybe not be hearers of the word or talkers about the word, but maybe we actually go out and do the, what the word tells us to do. Miss Onika, what do you think? Practically speaking, tagging off of what you just said, Bianca, I know for me, when I was in college, it was actually a simple act of doing good that led me to the Lord. And so I think we discount ourselves or sell ourselves short when we think, oh, when I'm married and I have resources, like Chris said, then I can do good. Or when I get that promotion in my company, then I can do good. When I write that book, then I can do good. Or when I go to high school, then I can do good. But I remember when I was in college, it was one of my coworkers who kept inviting me to church. And finally, I said yes. And for her, that was doing good that had an eternal impact on my life and the family that I have today. And so I just want to remind all the girls and guys that are watching with us today that your do good does not have to be just this like huge thing that is paralyzing you because you haven't done this huge thing. It can be a simple act of inviting someone to church online with you or paying for someone's meal, like we said earlier, or buying someone's coffee or paying for someone's electric bill, whatever we can do, it doesn't have to be great. It can be small, but have a great impact. 
So powerful. I, I definitely agree with that. You know, it reminds me of a friend of mine who now lives in San Diego. But when I had met him, he so he was a he came from a Muslim background, Muslim, you know, and he was a Muslim for many years. And we would just have these conversations just to even show the simplicity of doing good. Because he would have these, he would want to have these hard conversations. And I'm like, I just I'm I'm here to listen. You know, sometimes it's just about even being there for people, showing up for people. And he understood that we have our beliefs are very different, but when he had, you know, when he would have events or plays or different things like that, and he would ask me if I could come, I'm like, of course, you know, I'll show up for you. And just by showing up, there was one particular day that we had a conversation and he was like, you know what, I want to know about your Jesus. And I started talking to him about the Lord. And in that moment, he he started shaking and he was like, I don't know what's happening to me. And, and all of a sudden he starts crying. And I said, you know what, that is the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm like, why don't you come to church with me? And so because I had shown up for him at his events, he he thought church was just an event. <laughs> so he's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to show up at church. He's like, are you, are you speaking that day? So he called it the talk. Are you doing a talk? <laughs> I said, I'm sure doing a talk. <laughs> so he shows up, but that very day he gave his life to Jesus. When there was an altar call, he came right down to the altar and we just loved on him and hugged on him. And it was such a beautiful thing. And so just what we're saying, doing good, it goes from just the, it's it's very simple it's the simple things in life and then because of that on that platform God can use you to do a lot of grand things but it starts with the seed of simplicity showing up for people being there for people helping pay for someone's groceries any simple thing because at the end of the day our good works it points people back to the Lord it points people back to Jesus and all of a sudden now they're interested to say who do you serve and yeah. what is it about him? Yeah, you know, what What I think is that if we're waiting for a certain time to go ahead and do something good or making sure that you've got enough finances to do good or I don't think you'll ever have it, Chris. I don't think I don't think the timing will ever be good for you if you think that way. A hundred percent. And, you know, you stop being good right where you are. <laughs> That's, you know, and it could be a small thing. I remember with uh, my mum, when I got saved, I mean, you, imagine me, everyone, you all know I'm so radical about everything. So of course I have a Paul, you know, on the road to Damascus salvation. So I'm this way, you know, I'm killing people one day, the next day I'm saved. Like, you know, and, and off. no, I wasn't like, really, I'm just thinking that's okay. But, but the thing is I had this radical <laughs> salvation, but my, I came from a very staunch Orthodox family. So, you know, I basically go home. I start ripping down the icons off the wall saying, this is idolatry. Everyone's going to hell. You know, no wonder my family wasn't like getting saved. I'm like, you're like, everyone's going to hell. There's all idolatry. It's like, I'm like so radical. I didn't even know what I was talking about. And, um, but there was a season where uh, my mum and I, it just, it was not good. And so there was a couple of years almost that she like barely spoke to me. And I felt the Holy Spirit just say to me, this is what I want you to do. I want you to stay home on uh, Tuesday nights. And like my, my life and ministry was kind of, uh, you know, really taking off. And it's um, this before I was married. 
And all I want you to do, I want you to cook dinner. I want you to wash up. I want you to wipe up. I want you to just take all that night from your mum and do. And I'm like, God, why would I even stay there? She doesn't hardly talk to me. She doesn't barely acknowledges my presence, says really mean things to me at the time. You know, it just it, uh, ridicules me for my faith. Like, what? why would I do this? And it was, um, I don't want you to say anything. I don't want you to say anything about me, the Lord's saying to me. I don't want you to say anything about the Bible. I don't want you, I want you to watch. And there was this like dumb um, TV series at the time. And look at my personality type. It was like neighbours and I'm like, I could have read three Bible commentaries and written 15 sermons by that time. But, you know, so I'm like, and, and but it's like literally the Lord's like, I want you to sit down. I want you to cook dinner, which she probably won't even acknowledge. I want you to watch that dumb TV series, kind of Days of Our Lives dumb TV series thing. Then um, I want you to get up and wash the uh, dishes, dry everything up and ask your mum if she wants a cup of coffee. Now, I did this possibly for, I would say, almost six months with not even a word, like not even a, mum, do you want a coffee? Like not even an answer. It was like, what, why are you even? And I remember it was like killing me, <laughs> like killing my, and that's, that was the purpose of it. This I'm trying to be practical in this one. It was crucifying my flesh. It was killing my, my ego. It was, do, and it was just keep doing this, keep doing this. And, um, and then I just remember, maybe it was about nine months in, I can't remember exactly, but it was quite a long time in. I just remember um, oh, I could cry, you know, saying to my mum, da da da, you know, would you like a cup of coffee? And um, she just nodded her head. And then maybe it was about another month, and she just walked into the kitchen and picked up a tea towel and began to wipe up. Um, all I'm trying to say is just those simple acts of like kindness, acts of goodness, and in the fruit of the spirit, goodness and kindness are so tied together. It began to break something in my home where then one by one, my family started to get saved and everything started to turn around. Um, but what I'm trying to, it wasn't any of my sermons and to, and my mum uh, went home eventually to be with the Lord. She got saved, but my mum had only ever heard me speak once in 30 years of preaching once, but my mum, but it was this, this solid almost year of this constant act of goodness and kindness that eventually turned her heart um, towards so many other things and turned my family around. And so what I, I need you to know is my preaching will win. <laughs> Some people, I pray, uh, the Holy Spirit will work through it. But acts of goodness and being good and doing good works are actually going to reach a whole lot more people. So you don't need to think, I'm going to be a preacher like Chris Kane. No, no, I'm saying quite the contrary. It was never my preaching that won my mother to the Lord. It yeah. was my acts of goodness. Yeah. And all yeah. of us can do that. Absolutely. So good. You know, um, Chris was speaking about not watching television so she can read biblical commentaries. <laughs> I watch television for cultural commentaries. That's right. <laughs> so I think both of us together, we add to it. But this is one thing that I, I do want us to hold on to that I've been, again, just listening to everyone's bits and pieces of their stories is I think sometimes we grossly underestimate a small act of kindness can impact someone's eternity. The Count of Zizendorf said, preach the gospel, and when necessary, use words. Now that quote is usually attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, but it's not him. He jacked it from somebody else. So, so the Count of Zizendorf. And I feel like it's super important because we just don't know how people are reading us like we read the epistles. 
how people are reading our life and our comportment like, like we would read the gospels. Like people are reading us the way that we read the New Testament. So what would it look like this week, brothers and sisters, to let goodness reign in our life, to let us be people of action, not just thought, action, not just word, action, not just reading a text. So this is my encouragement over us today. I'm gonna pray a bold prayer that the Spirit of God would bring to mind someone that we can love, someone that we can encourage, someone that we can bless this week, and then we get to revel in the joy. This is what I call a double dip of the fruit of the Spirit, that, that, that our goodness will bring us a sense of joy, to bring us a sense of even love for someone else. And so I'm gonna pray us out and believe with much faith that God, that the earth is gonna shake and be shook by the goodness that comes out of his saints. So Spirit of God, I pray for every single ear listening to this moment. I pray, Lord, that you begin even now to quicken in our spirit the name, the face of someone that we get to love, the someone that we get to express goodness over and goodness to. I pray, Lord God, that our metrics and our barometer of goodness is based on how good you have been to us. You were good, you are good, and you will continue to be good. May we model that goodness right now, God. God. I'm believing. I'm believing even on social media, there's going to be DMs into bettertogether.tv of testimony stories, God, of how your goodness manifested goodness into the life of those around us. May lives forever be changed. My bold, big prayer is that people will encounter, like Onika, like Chris's mom, salvation through us just loving through the act of goodness. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Uh, amen, amen, amen. amen.